Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreasen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power, their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot, and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. All right. Well, Jesse, so just to get started, first of all, we've been looking forward to this for months just because you're one of the favorite people we have to talk to. We just love talking uh-huh. to you. Thanks, you know, we look forward, forward, look forward to it for an extra month because when we originally scheduled, Aaron forgot to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I don't know. I miss you, Christine. No, I'm kidding. It was worth so, the wait. Thanks for being here. And then just so that people know who you are, get some history, give us some background. Like, you know, how'd you get to be Agent Power Huddle, Jesse Sikorsky, EXP, Maven, you know, just who are you? Yeah, I've been in real estate for 18 years. And I jokingly say I've done every single job in a real estate office. I have been a listing agent, a buyer's agent. I've answered phones and booked appointments for other people. I've been a team leader. I've cleaned toilets. I've been the broker of record. You name it, I've probably done it in an office. And I've been business partners with my mom for my entire career. So I'm a mama's boy. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Grateful for that. And yeah, no, I just I love running teams. I love supporting agents. And I'm also a systems guy. So mm. that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. There you are. Great. That's excellent. And you're out of San Diego. Well, out of San Diego, California. My last team I ran was about 21 agents. I shrank it, shrank it, shrank it until I dissolved it actually about a month and a half ago. So I still do my own deals, but I, I have some loose agents on a team, but I, I basically shut down my actual team so I could support more of the organization that I run with inside EXP. Mm-hmm. But also I just, uh, I realized I wasn't cut out to be a team leader. Maybe that's something we want to talk about today. Yeah, that would be great. Um, now, Christine's a fantastic team leader. Aaron, you're an incredible leader. There's a big difference between being a team leader and a leader. There's different, like, I think I'm a good leader. I was a terrible team leader for real estate business, but we can unpack that if it's useful. Well, that's a good, let's what just- is, What is why? Yeah, tell yeah. us what's the tell difference when say that. So I'm curious to see if you agree, Christine, because I believe that my biggest downfall as a team leader was I was too nice. I was too nice and I was a bit of an enabler. Mm. What I mean by that is I had people, so I've run teams for 15 years of my career and yeah. I've had good teams and bad teams, high performance where they saw a little, saw a lot. I've screwed it up a lot of times. And the, the biggest times I've screwed it up is when I've had large teams where I didn't protect the culture of the team as it was growing and I let anyone join and I didn't fire people because I'm too nice, right? I didn't let them go. And so my culture would kind of erode from being this top producer culture down to like medium producer. And then your top producers get really frustrated and they quit. Your lowest producers who should have been fired, they eventually get frustrated and leave anyway. And you're left with this kind of middle of the road that like sells a few houses, maybe they don't. And it just, I really think that most of the team leaders I know are incredible with boundaries, incredible with setting out, like, here's the mission. You're either on the bus or you're off. And they're like, get the heck out of my team. I see that a lot in team leaders. Do you agree with that assessment, Christine, or do you run yours differently? 
No, I think that Aaron does accuse me of keeping people too long, but I am, a, I am my culture. You're like, if you're not on, you know, we launched that 90 day challenge the other day. I told you about Jesse and there were three people that popped on three minutes late. They didn't get in. I don't mess around with that. Right. So I am like, you do what you say. It's not okay to fail, but I am somebody who unfortunately is very hopeful that at any moment this person's gonna have a breakthrough yes and they end up costing me everything so you're right on yeah christine likes them you know and how christine says she likes him is i love that person right right. is then they have an infinite runway right but it's not serving christine it's not serving them totally it absolutely does not it's i think the struggle is like i have a girl right now who i think still to this minute is going to be spectacular but she's been with us for five months and done zero. Okay. So can we flip that script? So let's yeah. give an actionable tip to the listener. I like actionable things. We write this down. Yeah. I don't know who taught me this, but it's incredibly true. And I think this might help you, Christine, if you don't already know it. Yes. At some point, this agent who's been there five months may have a breakthrough. She may. I'm not saying she will or won't. She might be an incredible human being, but the only way you can support an agent like that is in a group setting because anytime that you dedicate to that person is taking time away from a top producer who could really use your, your help. And the most important resource we have is time as team leaders, as human beings, time, right? And so what I want you to write down is most leaders spend the majority of their time helping the lowest 20%. Instead, if you flip it as leaders, we want to spend the majority of our time helping the top 20%. Double down on your leaders, see if you can get them to scale and grow, pour into them and let everyone else swim for themselves. Don't ignore them, train them in the group, but the ones who rise up, then you pour into them. Does that make sense? No, you're hundred percent bang on. Like we have a productivity coach that coaches everybody new. Once you're at tier three, I'll coach you. But we're with our team every morning, as you know, on a huddle call at 8am where everybody gets to be a part of it. And it's a very big piece of our culture. If you miss the huddle call a couple of times, you're going to probably not be on our team for very right. long. Well, in- integrity is one of those lines that really is so super critical for our culture. But that thing you just said, you know, the way, you know, I would say it, the way I've, I've been taught it uh, from my leading at Landmark in, in general is you lead to the top. When you're leading, you lead to the top and everyone else rises up because if you don't, you suppress the top down because they know how you get attention is to fail. So you I, I've never heard, I've never heard that, but I love that Aaron. And that was what I was going to say. I was going to put it back to you because Aaron, you are such a great natural compliment to Christine because your leadership style is similar, but you occur differently in the world for people. Yeah. We, and we you really are that it. you guys balance each other out really well. So for everybody thinks we're an old married couple because right. <laughs> we bicker. <laughs> um, we do not. <laughs> yeah, that is, you know, and then they get, you know, then you know, is, is with our productivity coaches about being nice when you, it really doesn't serve people. If, I mean, the, the one thing I think is, I'd love to hear your take on it, given your history with every, you know, with, with so many different teams, but our view is pretty much there's, if you do certain work, it's going to produce the results. So it's a very, you know, if you talk to 20 people a day, about real estate. About real estate. You're going to produce the results. We don't really have to guess about that. How you talk to them, Facebook, social media, whatever, right? Maybe we got to tweak your scripts, but you press in and you talk to 20 human beings a day in three and months. You might not, you might so, not be baller. That'll be the so, tweaking. So, so, may, so may I push back on that yeah. slightly? I agree, but I also disagree. So I've been saying something a lot lately that I don't know where I got it from but I'm going to loop it in here. I've been saying the way you feel 
is more important than what you do. The way well, you feel funny. is more important than what you do. Okay, right, we got to talk about this because exactly the, the opposite. opposite. I know, and so, and I used to be the opposite. That's why I think it's interesting to discuss because what here's what I here's what I think. If you talk to twenty people a day, if I went out there to totally try to self sabotage, and I was the worst salesperson on the planet, I could literally talk to twenty people a day and still fail. It's yes. not the action. But most salespeople, when you give them a concrete micro commitment, because talking to 20 people a day, it is a challenging thing, but it's still very concrete and it's a stretch for people. So who they become in doing that 20 people a day actually changes who they are being. And it's the way they're engaging with those people because it is a real estate is a contact sport, hundred percent. You talk to enough people, you're going to get some success. But I had 21 agents on my team in January of 2019. Guess how many houses they sold in January of 2019, 21 people. No. 21 people and you did zero? I got a full shutout in January of 2019. We sold zero houses. Okay. I lost $40,000 as a team leader. In February of 2019, I lost $25,000. We sold a few houses, still lost money as a team. That's when I started realizing that I kept doing this law of large numbers thing just because they were, they, were the, they were doing the actions, some of them, like crappy actions. If they would have talked to 20 a day, we probably would have sold some houses. But like who they were being in the moment were broken, I'm being very dramatic, but broken shells of human beings, truly. Like the culture in our team was like, I got to do this stuff that sucks that Jesse says to do. And I'm Okay. Just, sorry. I'm interrupting. Go for it, jump in. I, okay. Good. But here's what I would jump in with. Okay. So I definitely get what you're saying. And I think you're right. Okay. I don't think you're wrong. I, I do think you're right. I love I being right. The context in which you operate absolutely is going to make a difference in your action. Come on, Jesse. I did this on your two minute thing. Teach long something, right? Yep. The context is decisive. If you get on Legion and you're like, this sucks. I suck at this. Life sucks. You're dead. You're dust. Yep. It doesn't matter what you do. Good. Yep. So, but here's the other piece. Okay. Here's yep. the other side of it. I think Jesse, but I think and you will definitely agree with this until you're doing the 20 conversations, until you're taking the actions, I don't care what your mindset is. Nothing's going to happen. The right. mindset is not going to produce the, how you feel is not going to produce the result. Correct. You they have, to go, they have to go. They have to go together. You have and to I take think, the actions and then I can coach your mindset, but I can't coach your mindset until you're taking the actions. Yes. It starts with action. It always starts with action. And, and also though, I will give credit to, uh, to Tony Robbins on this one. Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins talks about giving yourself the results before you get the results. Right, yeah, through yeah. visualization. Totally. And so in order to get someone to take the action, because how do you get someone to take action? Like there's only certain human beings that when Aaron and Christine say, go talk to 20 people a day, they're going to say, that sounds great. I'm totally going to do that tomorrow. Yeah. And they're going to say, I'm going to do that tomorrow for like six months till they fail off the team. Right? Like, right. oh, it's already new and I haven't talked to many people. I'm, I'm done with it for today. That's what normal human beings do. But when you can give them a taste or an experience of the results before they actually start doing it, visualize yourself talking to 20 people, visualize yourself, get that perception. So I do think you, in a way, are coaching the mindset a little bit. Totally. Just enough to get them into action, get them into action, and then you can go refine the mindset even more. It's yeah. Really yeah. Like our 90 day challenge that we did the other day was so much fun. And we did it live and it was four hours or five hours. And we dealt with a lot of that. Like they literally, they, it was it, the hardest part was getting them to say what they wanted to do with the money once they got the money. Like we're like, yes. okay, if you do this many houses, you're going to end up with 90 grand in your pocket. What are you going to do? And they're like, I'll be so like, get them to think outside. They, they, they wouldn't they... think outside that box. And then, <laughs> and then we're like, and what are you willing to put at stake at that for that? <laughs> it's like crickets. Cause they don't, they, they don't have that. Well, they do have the capacity. They don't have that mastery yet. Yeah. yeah. Of mindset. Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, the three of us can't not, I mean, look, we're 23 minutes in and we haven't talked about 
how we all are interacting and how we are connected. I know Jesse and I met at a company I will not mention, but so for those of you watching, Jesse is the reason that Aaron and I are at EXP, which was the best move we've ever made. Super, super excited about it. We're like literally holding onto his coattails and saying, let's go. So, I mean, you've done some extraordinary, extraordinary things in the three years you've been with EXP or just over two years, something like that. Can you share a little bit about that with everybody who's watching? Yeah, yeah I mean- And so, why? Yeah, so, so the funny thing is, you weren't excited about EXP at the beginning. You came oh. kicking and screaming. Do you oh. remember me walking into that lunch? I was yeah. like, I'm not changing brokerages. Yeah, you sat down and you bled, you bled red and you're like, I ain't coming That's ever. I'm not going to name your, right? I'm not going to name your formal company. It's a fantastic company. But like, you're like, I am never leaving. Please don't even talk to me about this, but fine, you want to talk to me. And then once you saw, I think you saw what I saw, which was for me, my favorite part is the collaboration and it's incentivized leadership that EXP creates. It's not the company. It's not the model. It's the connection of human beings. Cause this, this podcast is all about empowerment. Yeah. It creates empowerment in a way that you and I could have never been business partners. I live in San Diego. You live in Seattle. We both run big teams. Aaron's doing his thing. Like there would be no way in any meaningful light that we could actually be connected. EXP allows us to share and align our financial interests. And now we just get to support and pour into agents. So in, in my own brokerage, I had 41 agents at my independent company. I'd run it for 14 years. We weren't ever trying to be the biggest, the baddest. We were just, we wanted to be a, a small group of really high level individuals. And there's a lot of indie brokerages out there like that. So fast forward three years later in eXp, I've brought over 36 people to eXp in 36 months. I'm going just on three years. So three years is 36 months. 36 agents. Some people listening might be like, wow, you recruited 36 people. That's That's terrible. It's one a month. If any broker owners are listening, just think in your head, you hire a recruiter and they bring you one new agent a month. You would fire them in a month or two months, right? They'd be done. And so I brought over 36 people. Those 36 have allowed me to shift some of my transaction-based income for referral-based income because I referred 36 to the company. They referred other people, referred their friends. I now have a group that I look at it like I own a brokerage only legally it's not a brokerage. I own a brokerage of 731 agents. I don't know all 731. I don't talk to all of them. I talk to the ones who are swimming towards me, right? I pour into the ones that like that we align, but the other ones, when they sell a house, I still get paid part of the commission that comes out of EXP side. And so I'm making 40 grand a month in residual income after three years of this company with no expenses and no liability. I We're think not even talking that. about stock yet, right? Yeah. yeah. And I have over half a million dollars in stock, right? Like that's that I wouldn't have had. I, I get it. I'm talking fast now, so I probably won't get as emotional, but when I really like stop and think about it, yeah, I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. Yeah. If I would have kept running the company that I was running, I literally have half a million dollars sitting in an account that I don't need that money right now. That money is for my kids. It is sitting there for their college, for their life, whatever they want to do with it. I don't care. Right. But it's changed my family's destiny without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I remember sitting there with you and I was 20 minutes into the lunch and I literally. And I told her and she said, uh-oh, I'm going to this thing with Jesse. They're going to talk about EXP. And I said, okay. I, I had wanted to go to EXP the previous year. You did you really? I didn't know. I did. Ago. I did. And <sighs> I didn't said, want to no. leave. I, I just brought on a team leader who was a friend. I was on her dead to me list when I, when I finally left. But yeah, he wanted to go. And But it was for me that my team wanted to go. And then I saw what I could do for my team sitting there with you. And then I was all bleep. I'm leaving my brokerage. Yeah. But but, but it also but the financial upside is huge. The stock is huge. It saves most agents tons of money switching over. But to me, it really is the people. 
you're not joining a company, you're joining people. Like anyone right. listening to this podcast has seen the value of what you and Aaron do and what you guys bring. They would get to be business partners with you guys. That's right. my favorite part. I, I would not be talking. I knew you for years before EXP. Right. I didn't talk to you this much. I talk no. to you whenever I need to now. You talk all the time. I mean, they may not be want to be partners with Aaron. I don't know about that. I, no, I, I don't even want to be partners with you. <laughs> It's true. So I, like the, the women that we were talking to the other day, right? Eleanor and Jessica. I'm like, I cannot wait to work with them. They're fantastic. Truly. Yeah. It's just good human beings aligning. Um, yeah. That's what I'm, I love about this. Yeah. Company. And that's the beauty of it too, because there's, I mean, you say it like that, like it's just good people aligning. And at the same time, I'm not just taking random calls from people that no. don't pay me. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a financial incentive to, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I don't want to be, a, I'm not out to be a jerk about it, but at the same time, I'm not just like, oh, here's all my, you were just talking about it before the call. Like this person's three people down, right? In the organization. And you're like, but yeah, that's my people. I'm taking the yeah. time. I don't take random coaching calls for free. No. So yeah, if, Remax, if a Remax girl calls me tomorrow and wants coaching and is never leaving Remax, not my organization, but if she's like, oh, a- I would. I would still take that call with her. You know why? Everyone's coming, but that's. Yeah. Well, and, and also because the best. So if anybody's, are there a lot of team leaders, broker owners that listen to this podcast? That's all that listens to it. Okay. So, so let me give a recruiting tip that they probably already know, but I learned this from a guy named John Cheplak, who is one of my recruiting yeah, yeah. coaches. Love Cheplak. He said, the best way to recruit someone is to create the experience of what it's like for someone to be at your company or your team before they actually ever make the switch. Yeah, you told me that. That's awesome, right? So in that hypothetical world, this Remax agent that's never leaving Remax, you're like, I don't want to take their call. I get it, but I'm telling you, it's worth at least, you've got, you've got to be protective of your time. This is where I could learn from you probably. I have some boundaries. But at the same time, to spend a few minutes and chat with someone, they might talk to you for a few minutes, you rock their world, and then you have some leverage. You haven't talked to Aaron, right? Aaron keeps talking with them when they, when they join, you all are in alignment, but that's what I love about this. Yeah. I'm wired to be a naturally helpful human being. So are you, Christine. Yeah. So are you, Aaron. It's rewarding people for being the human beings they've been. That's all it is. It's just finding a system to reward people for doing stuff they love doing. Yeah, that is really You want to know one of the things I find absolutely shocking though? I mean, yeah. you know, if you think about these two that uh, we, you and I talked to the other day, I know them from Landmark, right? I led her seminar four or five years ago mm-hmm. and they hear about exp and they hear about exp but nobody ever really they hear whatever they hear they never really get it they were ready to go to compass they were signed up ready to go on thursday leaving to compass but we thought we'd talk to you anyway even though we know we're going to compass and like within a half hour they're like wow this is all about empowerment i'm like how do people not know that this is what this company is about is empowering everybody to win. You know, it's, it's, it's really amazing to me when people really get what it, it's just like me sitting there. When I really got it, I was all shit. I'm leaving my brokerage. Yeah. I was more colorful than you in my language. I don't even curse, but when I saw it, it took me about, se- I, I said no for nine months. I didn't even look at it. When I actually sat down to look at it, it took about seven minutes and I dropped an F bomb. Yeah, exactly. Cause I was, cause I, I shut down my company. I was pissed. I was like, and, <laughs> right. I, I was, it really is like that. I mean, I was, I was t- LinkedIn chatting with someone, you know, one of the things I asked them, Christine was, would you ask me if I asked people to, st- oh, are you recruitable? Are you recruitable? You know, I got it from Sean Kokoski. Okay, okay, like, yeah. that's, that's my style. Get right I, to I it. I love it. Right? And, are and, you recruitable? And he was like, no, I'm a head recruiter for whatever agency. And, and I said, I've talked to EXP people before and I'm not interested. I just, I chatted back. Yep. I totally get it. And as a recruiter, you know, 
everyone's not recruitable till they are. So, you know, let's stay in touch. Yes, and- so this is where, by the way, I'll have to say I wasted months and months on guarantee down rabbit holes because you can't spend all day trying to unlock every door. You can't. Right. But I would in a LinkedIn conversation where it will take an extra six sentence, I would banter back one time, Aaron, if you want a little tip. And this is, by, by the way, anybody recruiting- This is, this is what I texted you about the other day. Oh, did, did I answer this one? Not yet. No, you were, I, you were like, how much? leave it to me in a voicemail. And I said, never mind. We'll talk on Thursday. Or oh, perfect. Here you go. So here's your answer. Ready? And this works, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're not at EXP, the same technique works for everything. You have to pivot and get curious. That's the words to remember, pivot and get curious. So you got some immediate pushback. At a high level, there's only two reasons why people won't do business with you. By do business, I mean be recruited by you, work with you as a buyer, as a seller. The only two reasons, they feel threatened or they don't see the value. They feel threatened or they don't see the value. Do you want me to unpack those or do those make sense to you? Those make sense. Okay. So in this case where you're talking to someone on LinkedIn and he's a recruiter for another company and he gives you a strong pushback, I am not recruitable. I am a recruiter. I've been pitched by EXP before. Hard pass, not for me. Thank you. Maybe even say thank you. What do you think it was? Is it he feels threatened, he doesn't see the value, or both? What do you think? I think it's probably a little both that maybe doesn't see the value. I- 100% both. 100% both. The reason you got such a strong response is because he feels threatened. An animal backed into a corner will show you its claws, right? This gentleman's probably very polite in general, but you got a very curt response. Maybe he's not. Who knows? But right. I'm guessing you got more of a curt response because he's like, I'm shutting this down right now. You're not going to trick me into doing something that I don't want to do. Uh-uh, no, thank you. I. That's what I mean by threatened. Mm-hmm. see, the value is clearly whoever talked to him before didn't spend enough time to actually recruit him. My favorite definition of recruitment is spending the time to understand someone's hopes, dreams, and goals, and then being the bridge to help them get there. So they came at him in the previous conversations with an EXP model without under, they prescribed before they diagnosed. Yeah. So they the way, had no idea what he wants. If he correct. doesn't care about, well, he doesn't care about recruiting, but he correct. loves stock. I mean, they just didn't care about what they didn't know what he wanted. Correct. So now that you know that Aaron, going back to the scenario where you yep. get this response where he basically says, Hey, I'm a recruiter. First of all, in your head, you should be thinking, dude, he's a recruiter. I want to recruit this guy. I'm all right. in. Right. We need to know if he's on a salary or not. Cause that's one of the hurdles to recruit someone is if they, what are the challenges in their life? My affirmation is I'm a creative, solution-oriented, problem-solving machine. I'm a creative, solution-oriented, problem-solving machine. As you say that over and over in my head in my 20s. Anyway, so I'm looking for data points, looking for how do I solve this guy's challenge, but I'm going to come back to him in LinkedIn message very simply. I'm going to say, totally respect that. I would never want you to do something you don't want to do. I'm curious, what are you focused on? What are your goals? And I wouldn't ask both questions. I'd pick one or the other. Right. What lights you up? What, what are you, what are, something again to open up because people love talking about themselves. And what they want to do. And so, and then I'm going to go back and forth. I'm going to get him to tell me some things that are interesting until I find something that legitimately is interesting that he says. And then I'm going to say, wow, that's really cool. Let's jump on a quick phone call or Zoom. I want to learn more. And then I'm going to get on voice to voice. and I'm going to go deeper because most people don't bear their soul right. in a LinkedIn text message DM. Right. If they do, don't run away because they're yeah, a right. that's overshare. That's way too much. <laughs> right? Run away. If you, if you right. talk to someone in DM and they're like, what am I focused on? Well, I'll tell you what, my goldfish died three weeks ago. Since then, I'm in a downward spiral black hole of despair. You're like, ah, I'm out, I'm out, okay? I'm out, I'm out. Yep. So then go back to this guy and get him on a call. After that, once you find out what their hopes and dreams are, watch this, Christine, bring them back to me and I will tell you how to connect the dots to what we have at EXP, to what this person's looking for. Because this is what I love most about this company. Recruitment is a team sport. Yeah. And so you don't have to know how to connect the dots, but I probably do because I've done, I do 10 of these a day. And so then we'll connect the dots and we'll go recruit this guy. Cool. Aaron, this is what we'll do tomorrow on Compass. By the way, we both yeah. got recruited. We both got a guy that said, hey, will you talk to me? He basically asked if we were recruitable from yeah. Compass. Yeah. Big old text. 
And I said, sure, I'll jump on a call with you as long as you'll hear what we got to say about EXP. He goes, deal. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, so as he is pitching Compass, ask him questions about how what he's focused on, what his goals are, how he gets paid. Is he salary plus commission? People tell you everything. Right. They'll give you everything. Like I would start if they the like you, right? If they like you and you're not like, like you said, not like totally intimidating them, they'll just open up. Yeah, but but you know how to be likable. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I did with this guy after he said that. I said, I totally get it. And I said that thing everyone's recruitable to, to they're not. And you know, I totally get how that is. And this may be of interest to you. I don't know if this is for you or not, but we'd love to have you as a, a guest on our podcast. Invited right. him to the show. I was like, I love it. you know, you probably can make an enormous difference for independent broker owners and team leaders. And we'd love to have you on the show. Is I got you to stay where you are. So there it is. We'll see what is happens. Is he coming on? I don't know. He hasn't responded yet. Yeah. I would imagine he would. It sounds pretty good. But the only reason why he wouldn't come on, by the way, is because your first statement when you said everyone is recruitable till they're not is still a combative statement. I, I gave him no, but I gave him a little emoji smiley face with the class. <laughs> Do you, do you that's, know in the South? Aaron, Aaron's high D that tries to spit out some I every now correct, and then. Correct. And high D's are terrible recruiters. No offense, Aaron. Right. If you want to learn to be a good recruiter, you have to channel your inner I or your inner S. Your inner I. I have no inner I. I, I know, but but you want to learn to master recruitment. I mean, you don't have to. You can only recruit other high D's. If you want to just recruit <laughs> one, one group of people, you can alienate, which are great people to recruit. But if you want to alienate 90% of the world, by all means, don't, don't learn or grow. I'm Thank kidding. You. No, but like, this is your Why podcast. Spanked on your own podcast. I know. I, like I, like I can't. It. Spank. I like it. I love Aaron though, but truly, I, I know Aaron well enough to tell him this, and he can oh, take it. Like this is where I've coached enough people who are high D's in recruitment that this is the hardest part for you. I can totally get it. Because when you talk to someone normally, you say, "Hey, you want to join our team? You want to join Christine and Co? Right? You want to join?" Recruitment is the opposite. I tell people I'm joining their team. Hmm. Right. You want me to join your team? You couldn't afford to, to pay me as a coach. I, I'm not for sale. But right. when you join EXP, I work for you. You tell me what you need. You point me in the right direction. I, I'm joining your team. That for you as a D, you're like, that's just a weird thing to say. But I'm telling you, it melts people's hearts. When no, you say it's stuff. great. Yeah. I totally get it. I totally get it. I got it. I, absolutely. I, I need him. So that's perfect. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> No, but I do. I appreciate it. And as a high D, I appreciate the coach. And, and you're ready for this? So this will, this will take it at home. Do you, do you have any friends from the South? No. You'll never forget this now because I've, I've never thought about using the smiley face emoji like this, but you just blessed his heart. Do you oh, know that, that expression? Right? I do. I do know enough about that. Okay. So when someone's from the South and they're about to trash talk you and rip yeah. you apart, they say real kind, bless your heart, but you're a dirt bag. Like, what, like you can basically say anything after bless your heart and get away with it. Cause you just said, well, bless your heart. And then, so by using the smiley face emoji, you didn't actually negate the combativeness, but I appreciate the idea. Right. Well, see, uh, well actually, I probably am screwed because he's from Oklahoma, so I'm, I'm dead. So. Oh, yeah, just, write, just write him back bless and say, bless your heart, Aaron. Bless, just write him back and say, bless your heart. You want to come on our podcast? <laughs> For those of you listening to the audio version only, Aaron made a hand gesture at me. Right. Just, the, But the, I gave him the New York version of bless his heart. That is the New York version that of Bless Your Heart. That is the New York version of Bless Oh, God, we had a Seattle version of it the other day, too. <laughs> I forgot what it was, but it was like, is that is that Bless His Heart? I, I love it. All right. Well, we're we're doing this podcast, guys. What, what, what else we need in this episode? This is a good no, one. No, we're like way over already, so we're yeah. perfection. Um, Jesse, what books are you reading? Yeah, what books? What books? What books? Ooh, I got, a, I got a good one. Tell me if you guys have heard of this one. I am reading right now. I got to pull up the name of it. I am reading Jordan B. Peterson, 12 Rules for Life. No, no. Ever heard of him? 
No, I've heard of him. A professor from Canada gave a bunch of TED Talks that went viral, wrote this book. Someone told me, don't buy the book, just watch the TED Talks, but I bought the book anyway because I don't follow yeah, the He's, he's good. controversial in, in his misogynistic. Oh, is, is he misogynist? I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. To say he is misogynistic is a, is a weird thing to say because no one is anything or right. little, but where he's become controversial is his attitude and his orientation can be easily seen as misogynistic. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you for telling me. I have not gotten, I literally one chapter into it and it's, I don't know talking, if it's in the book or not. I don't know. It's where, talking about, I know in his interviews. Yeah, it's you talking hear about Aaron's high D just interrupting you through the whole time. <laughs> oh, I'm good with it. I love it. I, I, dude, this is the type of podcast I like listening to. I'm good with it. So, I know, right? I, his first chapter talks about lobster biology mm-hmm. and the fact that lobsters are one of the oldest evolutionary creatures on the planet, 350 million years old, old older than dinosaurs. And there's physiology inside a lobster that is the same physiology inside a human that sets your social order and dominance. And that talks about stand up tall, stand up straight. It's Chapter one had me. I was like, dude, this is rad. That's but cool. yeah, I, I don't think there's talk? anything particularly wrong with him in particular. And I don't know enough about him, but I do know yeah. that that's the controversy that surrounds him. Well, he did talk about male lobsters being better. No, I'm kidding. There's no talk about it. I, I don't know if lobsters have, do lobsters have genders? I have no idea. I'm sure they have genders. They must, right? Are there male and female lobsters? How do you tell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's like crabbing where you have to throw the females back. So you how do you know? Back. How do you know? People know. What do you mean? How do you know? You're you're don't know. You don't know? I'm going to Google a picture of a male lobster. and send it to I, you can't, later. I can't, Jesse, I'm out. I'm out. You I don't want to know what you're going to find when you Google that. All right. What, what, so books I'm reading that I'm reading that book. This is my, uh, this is my favorite book of the last year. This is a physical book. I got my desk. Very it's, little it, controversial oh, about this guy. Yep. That's you know, the uh, Bulletproof, Bulletproof Podcast. Coffee guy, right? Bulletproof Coffee, Bulletproof Podcast, Dave Asprey, Game Changers. This book is incredible. Great. Oh, wow. Is, he did a meta study of the 450 podcast episodes he did, transcribed all the interviews with all these leaders and innovators, and then did a nine a word map. See that word map right there? Yeah. yeah. So the words that appear bigger are the ones that show up most often. And he basically said, what makes you who you are as a leader and innovator and look for themes broken into three categories. And then it's like listening to 400 podcast episodes, the cliff notes in a single book. Love it. Very cool. Incredible. Oh, I love this. I love our podcast just because I get all these books to read, right? I know. I know. I can't wait to start this one. I'm starting this one today. What's that one? Napoleon uh, Hill, Outwitting the Devil. Ooh, I've never heard that, that one. Napoleon Hill wrote right after Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it's supposed to be pretty no, commercial too. Not Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Go I back. mean, oh, what? Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Sorry, I got it. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, Think and Grow Rich. You knew what I meant. Everybody, I, I knew what she meant too, but I just, you guys are such a funny old married couple. You're right. <laughs> it works, it works. I love it. It's so awesome to be with you. Awesome to be with you guys too. And I love it. We uh, hope you make it to your tread. It's not your bike. It's your tread in 15 It's a Peloton tread. Being I got to have a head home. Get tread. It's called the tread. It's like, oh, the tread. yeah, like a tread mill. they're too cool to call it the treadmill. They just call it the tread. Yes. I know. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going home to get Great. delivered right have now. Have fun on your treadmill running nowhere. We love you. Bye. <laughs> love you too. Bye guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast, brought to you by Christine and & Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting-edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.